0: Podcast Answer Man, episode number 251. Entertaining,
1: educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi, this is Leo Laporte of This Week in Tech, and you're listening, (laughs) you're smart, to Cliff Ravenscraft. He is the Podcast Answer Man.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast about podcasting, helping you take your show, your life, your brand, your everything to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you've been podcasting for many years, or you haven't yet recorded that first episode, you really should check out learnhowtopodcast.com. Anyway, there's something we can all do to take our show to the next level. And my friends... Taking things to a whole new level is what it's all about in my life. Personally, I love just pushing the boundaries of what I believe is possible. And in 2011, I deemed the year to be the year of providence. And certainly God had shown me his providence in ways that I never dreamed possible. 2012 is the year of even bigger dreams. I have these 15 super amazing, gigantic goals 14 of which are things that I would love to achieve in 2012 if they're possible and I believe that they are possible and the question is is how am I going to make it happen well I had shared with you guys that one of my goals was to be invited back to speak at blog world NYC and LA this year and I have already shared with you that that is a reality I will be speaking at both events and this came as a result of a phone call that I had with Rick Calvert, who is the CEO and co-founder of Blog World and New Media Expo. And what I didn't share with you then, but I will share with you now, because the official offer and proposal has come in. I've looked it over, and I am officially accepting a position of track leader for the podcasting track of Blog World and New Media Expo. What this means is that first and foremost, when it comes to Blog World, podcasting is getting some front and center attention at Blog World. This is something I've been talking uh, with Rick Calvert about a lot and something that he certainly understands the need for. We've been talking about this and I, I have some information that I know is going to be exciting that is going to happen with Blog World this year. So, just know that there's some amazing things. But here's the situation in Blog World NYC and Blog World LA. Here in 2012, there is going to be a full blown podcasting track for podcasters by podcasters uh, to promote podcasting because it has a obviously a place in the in the new media space as a standalone avenue of creating content and connecting with an audience in a unique and awesome way that is equal to in every way to the written broadcast of blogging. So so absolutely, podcasting is getting some front and center attention. In fact, uh, for both NYC and LA events, there are going to be eight sessions per day for three days. That's a total of 24 podcasting sessions approximately half of these sessions um, would be solo speakers and the other half would uh, approximately half would be panel discussions and as the you know accepting the you know the responsibility of track leader for the podcasting track for the for the blog world conference i'd be responsible for coming up with the topics uh that will be covered in those 24 sessions and also responsible for finding and finding and assigning up to fifty to sixty speakers to fill those sessions. Um, obviously, this is a major undertaking, and for LA, it, it, it's a major undertaking. But for the NYC event, uh, he told me there would be thirty days to complete all of this stuff, and I'm like, Rick, I tell you, that's ooh, I've got some big things on my plate right now. Um, And I shared with him what my top priorities were. You know, obviously, the podcast mastermind right now is my number one priority. One of the things that Rick said is, you know, I understand this is a big undertaking. It's a huge commitment. And there are two reasons why I am accepting this gigantic undertaking. Uh, Number one, it obviously does provide a sense of um, taking my brand to the next level. The fact that this is the industry leading conference of my my industry, of the podcasting industry, Blog World and New Media Expo is the industry leading conference. And to be a part of the leadership team of this amazing conference that reaches thousands of people um, every year. Yeah, this is huge. So I will tell you that that's a huge part of it. And yes, the second reason is that there is some compensation involved for uh making a commitment to put some of my stuff maybe you know shift my own personal priorities around and so the compensation is right and the opportunity of taking my brand to the next level is right it was a perfect mix it is a it is going to be a lot of work uh but i am totally up for it and especially knowing um definitely i can tell you without any reservations podcasting is getting front and center attention from this point forward in a way that has never happened before with blog world and what I can't tell you is that there is going to be proof of that and if you come to the blog world NYC event you will know what I'm talking about and um, Wow it's it's exciting so I'm totally blown away by the opportunity my dream my goal to be invited to come back and speak and to, to to now be in charge of the entire speaking track of the podcasting track wow i'm honored and uh let's put it this way there there's going to it, i'm going to make sure that we're going to have an awesome podcasting track and the the thing is you're, i'll tell you what you're going to hear me ask you questions maybe even some survey i might even create a survey i want to know what podcasters would love to to hear about and what you guys want to to get you to come to Blog World and New Media Expo to get you to come and partake in learning and stretching and taking your podcasting to the next level to interact and comu- and have community with all of these other podcasters from all over the world you know what is it that is going to get you to come what what sessions would you most want to see? And so I'm certainly, obviously I have a an audience of thousands of podcasters listening to me right now. And your voice is going straight to the top at blog world. And my friends, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. And I, I'm just, I'm, I'm obviously excited about it, so more about that coming soon. Hey, real quickly, we are going to uh, go over some questions here that have been submitted, and the first question I want to get to in just a second, but before I do that, I do want to give you my random plug of the week. Random plug of the week this week goes out to the Video Snapcast. That's right, the Video Snapcast by Spencer Burnside. This, my friends, is an I, and I love this. It is an audio podcast devoted for beginners in video production. I love that. It, I, I love it when because so, oftentimes I hear people say, you know, well, what I'm doing just wouldn't lend itself well to an audio podcast. And you'd be surprised at just how much you can achieve in an audio podcast, even something that you might think would require that is video and uh and there are certainly don't get me wrong, I believe there are some things where video is obviously the the way to go for the content that you might want to create. I will probably always think that there's a good chance that audio might be a good complement to that. Uh, but here's the thing, an audio podcast for b- beginners in video production. You can find it over at videosnapcast.com. I'll put a link to one of his episodes into the show notes here at podcastanswerman.com forward slash 251. That's the show notes for episode 251 on my site. All right. First question that I have here comes from Butch Gibson, and he wants to know what what can he get by with using his own space from his ISP?
1: Hey, Cliff Ravenscraft, my name is Butch Gibson from Cincinnati, Ohio. I've listened to your show as well as other shows, and I understand the recommendations that you guys have of having Lipson as your media host and having someplace like Bluehost host the actual website and then installing WordPress. Uh, my question is, I've got an existing bit of space that's provided by my local internet service provider. And I've kind of poked around with that, and I've had a website out there for many years. And I just kind of thought and wondered, what could I do with that space? It's local. It's here in Cincinnati. It's about 100 megabytes of space, but you don't have a lot of mm, freedom. Anyway, my thought is, maybe I'll have a different website for my podcast, and I'll keep my own existing domain that I have which is uh, butchgibson.com, not that I'm necessarily promoting it, I'm just kind of telling you what it is, um, and, and just maybe have two spots for folks to go, or you know maybe have a landing page with my existing ZoomTown bit of space and then have it point somewhere else. And I'm just kind of wondering, what can I do with this little bit of space that's been provided by my internet service provider?
0: All right, Butch, thank you for the question. And... Um, The first thing I want to say is, number one, I'm so glad to hear that you have your own domain at butchgibson.com and that it is, you know, pointing to this space rather than you, you know, building maybe some online reputation around this, you know, fuse.net slash user slash bgibson slash, you know, whatever. And I'm just making all of that stuff up. But uh, I'm just going to butchgibson.com here just to take a look and see what you currently have. And I, I see that it's just a HTML site that it looks like you've maybe prepared. As a matter of fact, it's home.fuse.net slash butchgibson slash index.html. And um, your, your question to me, if let's put it this way. If, if it were me, what would I do with this space? I would completely abandon the space provided by my ISP. I would never rely on them for anything. Here's the reason why I would not rely on that. I would not um, I would not want to spend, let's just say two or three years building my brand online, having people type in butchgibson.com. And one of the things that I notice is that you're just doing a forward to this, you know, home.fuse.net slash butch butchgibson Um, which there's, the thing is, is that when people come and they bookmark your site, they're actually bookmarking the fuse site. They're not bookmarking butchgibson.com. So the first thing is, is number one, I would immediately go to your domain registrar and mask the domain so that when it forwards, it just stays at butchgibson.com or see if there isn't any way that they can actually alias your domain so that it replaces the home.fuse.net with butchgibson.com. But honestly, I wouldn't even go there. I would completely abandon it altogether. The reason for this is you're in Cincinnati. That's great. What happens if one day you finally get totally fed up with DSL service from Cincinnati Bell and your ISP, and you decide to move over to Roadrunner over there in Ohio, and uh, or Time Warner Cable, whichever one it is, and and then all of a sudden, now, you no longer have an account with Fuse. Well, you could take your domain, butchgibson.com, and forward it over to a different place that you have online, but the thing is, is unfortunately, right now, a lot of people are going to have bookmarked home.fuse.net slash gibson. And when you no longer have an account with that ISP, you no longer have a site there. And then all of a sudden, when people go to check out what's the newest going on with my good friend, Butch Gibson, it's not going to be there. And that's that's one of the major downfalls. So if I, I mean, it sounds to me like you were thinking, well, I'm going to keep this, but I'm also thinking about going ahead and creating my own WordPress site. Maybe I should have one for this, one for that. I Now, the thing is, it looks to me like you've you know spent some time creating this you know, some content. I see that get your booking, your contact, your banners, your mission, your sense, you get all kinds of links. And it seems to me you might have some content. If it were me, I would recreate all of that content on a WordPress site and, and create all of those pages and then, you know, work on that and have the same navigation thing is you could even make your WordPress site look a little bit like this or even better. And, uh, And just duplicate all the content, and then all of a sudden, butchgibson.com is your main home site. Just like, by the way, if you type in, go to cliffravenscraft.com sometime and just see what happens. You'll see what I'm talking about, because I used to have cliffravenscraft.com. Matter of fact, check out ravenscraft.org. It's completely something different. But I have a lot of these places where I had domains all over the place. Um, but yeah, ev- you're right. everything I do these days is on WordPress. Now whether or not you should have butchgibson.com and then create a separate thing for your podcast, honestly I, if, if your podcast is devoted to your brand, who you are um, and what you have to promote and it and it's all jiving and it and it's the same target audience, really honestly I would I would recreate the content that you have on the static HTML page and put it all into WordPress. And then create a category for your podcast and have one site to rule them all. That, my friend, is my recommendation. And the biggest thing is what if you move or what if you change ISPs? That's why I would not rely on this. If you decide that you're going to keep this as a static page for people to come to, then at the very minimum, work on either um, aliasing your domain so that you know nobody ever sees home.fuse.net. Uh, instead they see butchgibson.com and if fuse can't do that for you then also then go in and um, do a masking forward from your domain registrar so butch that hope that helps out we're going to turn things over to josh thompson who has a question for us
2: hey cliff this is josh thompson gainesville jt on twitter and the forums and this is for the podcast answer man um I just had a question about a uh, record. Maybe starting a little um, podcast. I just found out that me and my wife are expecting our first child, and we we're both really excited about it. And thought maybe it would be cool to uh, start a podcast for first-time parents. And we've never done a podcast before, and we were wondering if using a voice recorder on the iPhone four would be good for the job. But if not, what is a uh, good, good quality, um, affordable digital recorder that you would recommend for beginners? I appreciate everything you do, Cliff. Love all your shows, and uh, thanks for all you do, man. Talk to you later. Bye.
0: All right, Josh. Thank you so much. Number one, congratulations for uh, your, your, and you and your wife becoming first-time parents. That's awesome. Uh, so congratulations there. And as far as it sounds to me like you're you want to create a podcast kind of as a hobby just to share this experience with the world and 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 stuff like that, absolutely what you just use to record that audio feedback would be sufficient. It sounds to me like you were using maybe the iTalk application or whatever application you were using there, um, on the iPhone, the built in mics just fine to get you started. Um, it, I mean, if you were. Podcasting for a business, I'd be giving you some different advice. If you're building a major brand online or something that you wanted to turn into a major brand online, then I'd give you. I would suggest that you get yourself a decent microphone. Uh, But but seriously, for what you're looking to do, that iPhone will be just fine. Now the thing is, there were some popping peas there, some wind noise from your mouth. Uh, One of the things that you could do is buy yourself like a five dollar windscreen for a like a ball microphone and just stick that right underneath the bottom of your iPhone where the microphone is and that will eliminate about 99% of that wind noise/mouth slash noise the popping peas and stuff like that and you can just slide that right under right onto your iPhone when you're recording and i know people that have done that and so for and and by the way if you're using the voice memo app i'm going to recommend that you not use that for your podcast i would go with the iTalk application for the iPhone it is a, i think it's i don't know it's 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 under 5 bucks and it's probably only 2 bucks or a dollar or something like that and i would go with the iTalk Pro and it gives you unlimited recording and it gives you a really high quality rating as well and you can transfer the files over and convert to mp3 so josh honestly you could go out and get yourself a nice digital audio recorder the you know i, I if you're going to spend money on a digital audio recorder i certainly recommend the R-05 recorder by Roland Uh, You can find that on Amazon at gspn.tv forward slash R05. You could, and that's an affiliate link, by the way. And you could actually hear my audio review of that in a podcast episode I did of Podcast Answer Man at podcastanswerman.com forward slash R05. So, Josh, I hope that helps you out. But certainly, I think you could get by with just that iPhone and the iTalk application from Griffin. Turning things over to Johnny, who wants to do a Skype podcast with three people.
3: Hi, Cliff. This is Johnny B. Truant uh, from johnnybtruant.com. I've been learning to podcast from your Learn How to Podcast series and just wanted to really thank you for making that available. It's awesome. It's really demystified a very confusing topic for somebody like me who's just sort of beginning to get into it. My question is for Podcast Answer Man, and it's one that I haven't heard addressed, although maybe you've addressed it, and I just haven't heard through the several hundred podcasts you have. But um, we have a podcast we're looking to start with three people, and we're all in different locations. So your advice about mics and mixers and all of that, um, I'm not sure who's supposed to have what equipment, actually, because I would imagine we would conduct these things via Skype, And so if the other guys, if I'm sort of the central and the person who's doing the recording and the mixing and whatever else needs to be done, do those guys need really good microphones too? And I would assume they would because they'd be regulars. And if so, do they need some sort of a mixer or some sort of an odd input into the computer too because a USB microphone I imagine is going to not sound as good. So if we all want to sound like pros, I'm just curious if we're connecting over Skype, and I would imagine it would need to be a three-way Skype. That confuses me, too. How do we do a show? I guess that's the question. How do we do a show with three people in three different geographic locations? What's sort of the best configuration of mics and equipment for each one of us? Thanks much, Cliff. Really appreciate the value you put out in the world. Take care.
0: All right, Johnny, thank you so much for the question. And let's just say if I were doing this and being the audio snob that I am and I want to have everything sound as amazing as possible, let me just tell you how I would do that. All right. First and foremost, and, and let's, I'm going to take it to the furthest extreme first. First, what I would do is I would have my own personal Heil PR40 microphone because I want to sound amazing as the host of the show. And if I'm going to do the recording on my end, then I am going to go ahead and have the mixer and the digital audio recorder capturing all the audio right out of the mixer. That means I'm going to be using a Skype mix minus on my end. So I'm going to be bringing the audio from my computer from Skype into my mixer. And then I'm going to use the auxiliary output so that I can send all of the audio out of my mixer back into the computer for Skype people to hear it so that they hear everything from my mixer except for their own voice. This is where the whole idea of the Skype mix minus comes in. If you need more information on that, I do have a $75 tutorial. If you go to com slash inside, or no, if you go to com slash studio setup, I believe is the link to that. But anyway, it's called the inside the studio tutorial. Certainly it's at com slash products. It explains all about the Skype mix minus setup. So, Obviously, once you figure out how you've got everything set up on your end, you're just bringing in audio from Skype. Now, here's the situation. If I were doing two Skype co-hosts, first I would actually try to see if I could actually bring in Skype, you know, both participants on Skype using one Skype connection. So I could, in essence, do a Skype conference call. And that's real simple. You just dial up Skype, and you connect to the first co-host and then once you're in skype there's a little uh like a little people icon with a plus sign in the middle and it says click here to add a new participant to the call you type in the skype id of the second person and you hit add to call and the next thing you know all three of you are on a skype conversation together if all three of you have really awesome internet con- uh, connections Uh, very good high quality bandwidth and all of this other good stuff you got good computers with high processors then chances are this is going to be just fine the only thing is though is that you could potentially run into an issue where co-host one or co-host a has their microphone audio coming in higher than co-host b and of course, I could personally walk them through their settings and have them adjust their audio up or down to, to where they're matching each other around the same way and make and looking at the levels on my digital recorder just to confirm that as we go along. The thing is, is what about the next week when, you know, they come back on again and, you know, they've been using other computer programs that change their audio settings and now we've got to do that every week. So, like I said, craziest scenario possible I would have my own personal microphone mixer recorder, and then I would have one computer hooked up with Skype running for co-host A, and a second computer for co-host B. And now, and by the way, so that would be two mix minuses. Now, I know that this is crazy. I'm not recommending this is what you have to do, but if, if it were me, this is what I would do. So I'd have a Skype computer for uh, co-host A, Skype computer for co-host B. Now I can independently on my mixer to control the volume level independently for each of those co-hosts. That's what I would do. But if you don't want to do that, you can, like I said, use one computer with Skype, conference calling both of them, all three of you on one Skype call together. Both of their audio is coming in that one cable from Skype into your mixer. You're sending both of them audio from your mixer without their own voice coming back because of the mix minus uh, to Skype. Now, that's the equipment that you would need, either one or two computers with all that other gear if you want to do it my way. Now, on their end, what would I want them to have on their end? Well, I would want them to have at least a Shure SM58 microphone. If they could afford to grab a high PR40, or if I could afford to send them one, um, then that would certainly be better. Now, do they need a mixer and a mix minus and all that stuff? Absolutely not. Uh, what I would recommend in their case is, may, I think it's about 40, they run anywhere between $49 to $99. I would get an XLR to USB um, uh an adapter. So basically, you plug in this, you know, the uh, the XLR cable into this little adapter on the XLR side, and then it has a USB connection on the other side. And I think even I think even Sure might even make one of these where it's got a headphone jack on the side of it so they could plug their headphones in and with zero latency they could hear their own voice, they could hear you in the headphones. It works just like a sound card would. Um, and that's what I would recommend, is that on the other end, I would recommend that they either have a Shure SM58 microphone with a windscreen or a high PR40 with a windscreen, and then one of these USB to XLR adapters. And on their end, that's all they need, because they're not needing to record anything. Now, if you did not want to go with the mixer and the digital audio recorder, which I very highly recommend, I, I never recommend recording into a computer... But if you wanted to know the least amount of equipment that you would need to get going with what you want to do, number one, a good microphone with USB connector, you know, XLR to USB connector on all three of you. And then you could use some kind of Skype recording software to, to do that. And I think it's call recorder on the Mac and it's Pamela on the PC. And there are other tons of options for recording Skype conversations in both services um, and stuff like that. So Anyway, Johnny, I hope that helps you. And, um, you know, of course, I'm always available for one-on-one. Well, no, not always. I'm oftentimes available for one-on-one consulting and coaching as well. um, If that, if you need some further assistance. But anyway, thank you for that question. I am now going to turn things over to a recorded Where Are They Now interview. Today, I'm talking with Leslie Samuel from Learning with Leslie It is a great honor to speak to him. The other night I had this amazing conversation, 28 minutes long. I hope that you will be inspired by this. In fact, I'm sure of it. And uh, we're just going to go ahead and get that started right now. All right, everybody, I have on the line with me right now my good friend Leslie Samuel, from Learning with Leslie. Leslie, I am so glad to have you on the show.
4: And I'm so glad to be on the show with you, man. Thank you so much.
0: You know, um, I finally got to meet you. What was that? That was last year, 2011 at Financial Blogger Conference in Chicago, I believe, or at least uh, you came
4: to the meetup anyway. I did come to the meetup and I was at the um, conference for a little bit. and, And yes, that's where we first got to, that's where we got to meet in person.
0: You know, I met you through podcasting before that meetup. Uh, you had invited me to be a guest on your show, had a wonderful time talking with you. We're going to talk about your show in just a little bit. Uh, okay. But before we get into that, I want to get into some of the more interesting background. One of the things that I learned about you is that you actually are from St. Martin. And this is a Uh, it's, a. what is that a, what kind of Island is that? Do
4: they call that a Caribbean Island? It is a Caribbean Island. It's a very small Island. Um, that's, it's, it's about 37 square miles and there's a Dutch side and there's a French side and I'm from the Dutch side.
0: Now, um, my family went on the no more Mondays cruise with Dan Miller uh, did, did you guys go through St. Martin? We went through St. Martin. Oh, that is awesome. And I t- I took a t- private taxi tour uh, of everything that was uh, all, you know, th- we did the Dutch side, we did the French side. and uh, we had a very interesting experience on this beach that we walked on and we did not realize that there was a uh, different type of beach. <laughs> just around the curve. And, and I, I supposedly, I guess there are no gates to keep those people on that part of the beach.
4: I know exactly what beach you're talking about.
0: <laughs> and, and my 10-year-old son at the time, his eyeballs jumped right out of his head.
4: Well, you know, the first time I actually went to that beach and realized what it was, we, we, our church was doing a crusade. And we were having meetings on one side of the beach, <laughs> and I wandered over to the other side, and I realized that it was not exactly what I expected. <laughs> you were overdressed. <laughs> let's just yeah, it- let, let, let let's keep it at that. <laughs> so do you consider yourself to be Dutch, being I, from the Dutch side of the island? Yes, I am Dutch. I went to school in Dutch for most of my life until I came to um, university here in America. Gotcha.
0: So do, do you speak Dutch? I do speak Dutch. So you, if you were to talk to my good friend, Father Roderick van Hogen from the Netherlands, you could probably oh. speak to him fluently then.
4: It, well, I wouldn't say fluently. I would say almost fluently because I've been away for, I mean, since 97. So my Dutch is a little rusty, but I can have a, a, a conversation with him and understand what he has to say and He can hopefully understand me still.
0: (laughs) So what brings you to the States all the way from that beautiful island?
4: Well, I I came here to go to university um, to to, to further my education. Um, I was interested in science. So I came to university here and I did a degree in biology and I went on from there. But the main purpose for me coming here was education.
0: Gotcha. And how does this have anything to do with Podcast Answer Man and the people who are listening learning how they can be inspired in their online branding, their podcasting, and all of this stuff?
4: Well, man, there's so much that I can say there. But um, I, I did my undergraduate degree in biology, and then I did a master's in neurobiology. And when I was doing my master's in neurobiology, the thing that I wanted to do is teach at the university level. Um, but when i started doing research i realized that i hated this research thing and i i just couldn't see myself going on for a phd in what i was doing um so i was teaching at a high school level always wanted to teach at the university level and i decided you know what if i can't teach at the university level offline i'm gonna do it online and I started you know, just putting simple videos on YouTube and putting it on my blog and um, growing kind of an audience and a community there at my blog. And to make a very long story very short, uh, what ended up happening is I ended up getting a job offer to teach at a university in a doctor of physical therapy program exactly what I wanted to do even though I wasn't qualified My qualifications, well, part of my qualification came from what I was doing online, and that was just such an exciting experience. I mean, there's so much I can say about that, but um, it's just interesting to see how the things that we do online can, can reach beyond the Internet and affect us in our everyday lives in our professional lives and all those types of things.
0: This is exactly why I wanted you to have wanted to have you here on podcast Answer Man because you told me this story while we were sitting at uh, Luminati's special yes, pizza, uh, Chicago pizzeria. That was some good. Was good. That was some good deep dish pizza. But anyway, you told me this story about how this happened. So, so you're you're at you were teaching high school biology at the time when you started all this. Is that correct?
4: That is correct.
0: When and- did when
4: did you first start creating some YouTube videos? I first started doing them uh, January of last year. Okay, so it was just January of last
0: year. And when you started creating these videos, what, what kind of equipment were you using? And, and can you give us an idea of what a, maybe one of your first videos would have looked like if I
4: clicked play on it? Definitely. Um, what I did, I have a MacBook Pro and I have Keynote, which is kind of like PowerPoint on the PC. But in my opinion, much better. And I I just kind of put together some presentations. Uh, I had my microphone. At the time, I was using a USB microphone that I had connected to my laptop, and I basically recorded my screen using ScreenFlow, and I spoke about the different things. But the main thing that I wanted to do is to take really complicated topics like neuroscience and physiology and break it down one step at a time. So I'd make very short videos using the, the equipment that I had and just putting them on YouTube. All and right. they were very effective because a lot of people really enjoyed the fact that it was just uh, smaller chunks of information. Um, but yeah, that's, those are the basic tools. One more thing that I use actually, I had a, um, a, a tablet with a pen, a pen and tablet that I connected so I can draw on my screen. So it was really basic stuff, um, but it was very effective. So
0: with a laptop, uh huh. Uh, let's see here. You said Keynote, which comes with a Mac. Screen- uh, well,
4: you, you purchased that separately, but oh, that's true. You're
0: right. So, that is a part of the uh, it is I- not iLife, it's uh, iWork. Correct. Uh, which by the way, now you can purchase separately. Mm-hmm. Uh, then $99 for ScreenFlow. And for this, you began to create these videos. And about how long were the videos?
4: The videos were anywhere between three and eight minutes on the high end.
0: Okay, and this, of course, I would assume back in January you were limited by the ten-minute YouTube limit. Is that correct? I,
4: I was for for a little while, and then they they um, opened up my account so that I can upload more. But I didn't want to upload more for what I was doing.
0: Gotcha. So even though you, I guess you're probably upload, you're able to upload an unlimited or yes. theoretically unlimited anyway. Yeah, uh, but but you're still today
4: you would limit that to ten
0: minutes or less probably.
4: Yeah, well, actually. In the beginning, I was doing, on average, probably five to eight minutes. And now I'm actually bringing it down to three to five minutes. Wow. And why, why the change? The change is because I'm noticing that people are really enjoying the fact that it's very concise. So I try, instead of making a 10-minute video, I would prefer to make three, three to four-minute videos um, that just talk about one thing, one, one aspect of what I'm trying to teach. Because when you think about neuroscience and physiology, a, a lot of information is coming at you at the same time. What I try to do is just make it simple. Take one topic and talk about that in one video and then use another video. And another thing it does is it gives me more posts that I can put on my blog, more videos that I can put up there. And that's always a good thing.
0: Well, there's one thing that I, I can tell you. I have well, I, I can just tell you, I have zero interest in biology and neurobiology and all of this other stuff. Uh-huh. But, but there's something I can say that when it comes to meeting somebody like yourself, Leslie, and that is that you have this enthusiasm and this passion for what you talk about. And while I haven't yet checked out some of the video instruction ext- instructional tutorials that you have on biology, I I could tell you I wouldn't be opposed to watching a couple you know, three to eight minute videos with you teaching this subject for two reasons. Number one, you can just tell that you are sold out passionate. I mean, the fact that you've come from this, from the island of St. Martin, and then you come to the States and you go through all this process with this dream of teaching university, and -hmm. then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, well, you go through all this process and you learn, well, I can, I'm only qualified to teach high school, but you don't let that stop you. And I would assume, and tell me if I'm correct you decided, well, I'm getting paid to teach high school, but my real passion is to teach
4: college students. Exactly. And you did that for free. Is that correct? That, that is correct for the most part. Um, w- well, no, it's still correct because I'm still putting out uh, t- tons of free content. Most of what I put out is free. Um, and, you know, in my opinion, if you're going to be doing something at home for fun, um, or uh, you're starting a business online. I mean, there's so many different things you can do. I mean, the, the, the possibilities are virtually endless. And if you're going to be doing that, you might as well do it about something that you're passionate about. Because number one, you're going to enjoy it more. Number two, the people can hear the enthusiasm in your voice, so that they're going to enjoy it more. And you, you, you never run out of stuff to talk about because you're talking about something that you love. That's absolutely right. Are you familiar with Leo Laporte? Oh, <laughs> he, he played a significant part in some of
0: what I'm doing today, actually. I, there's no question in my mind. It's the same thing here. And I will be honest with you. I, I listen to Leo Laporte and I will listen to him talk about things that I, I have not only zero interest in, but even things that I dislike. I will <laughs> listen to him talk about because he likes them. And, I, it, and it's really fun to hear him energized and exactly. you, just to listen to somebody with passion in their voice. And so I I think that, that is an important thing to bring out, not only in my success, Leo's success, but also, Leslie, in your success. I'm certain that that your love for what you do and your enthusiasm and genuine passion
4: for the topic has has a ton to do with this. Well, thank you very much. And, you know, based on the feedback that I'm getting from uh, my audience that's very true. I mean, in the last year, and I'm not exaggerating, I've, I've, I've gotten over a thousand messages from people all over the world uh, talking about what, this, what the videos are doing for them and how much they enjoy it and how much it's, it's not as boring as their lectures that they go to in, uh, in the university and so on. So it really, passion um, does a lot for what you're trying to accomplish. At least that's what I found.
0: Speaking of listener feedback, what's the most memorable feedback that you think you've ever received from a listener?
4: Uh, There was one. (laughs) Every time I think about it, I have to laugh. But a guy um, called into my hotline and he said um, he just had to share this with me because I knew that he was listening to my podcast for a while. But evidently, his wife started listening to it. And he was sleeping at night. It was about two in the morning. And he heard his wife mumbling something and he he you know he he touched her and he said hey what wh- wh- what are you what are he mumbling are you are you okay everything okay and then she got up and she started singing my jingle <laughs> in, her, <laughs> in her sleep <laughs> so he he called into the hotline just to share that with me and to embarrass his wife um, his wife was listening in the background and you can hear her laughing but yeah she woke up <laughs> in the middle of the night singing the song <laughs> and you know it, that did something to my heart. It just made me feel like, wow. You, you know, it it's amazing that you know, I'm sitting here in my off my home office, and I'm recording stuff. I'm making videos. I'm 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 producing my podcast, and then I put them online. And then this person is someone that was in the UK that's listening to the content, that's consuming the content, and it's touching their lives. And they're yeah. dreaming about you.
0: They're dreaming. <laughs>
4: i mean how much better can it get right
0: (laughs) my wife is dreaming about you that would be some memorable (laughs) feedback
4: oh man that came in about two weeks ago and it was the first thing i saw when i woke up in the morning and i was just dying with laughter it was awesome
0: oh that is good stuff my friend that is very good stuff did you start with youtube or did you start with podcasting i started with youtube you create this biology site. Did you create this biology site with the purpose of turning it into a business? Definitely. Okay. And so what was your thinking behind that? What, when you first set out to do it, what were you hoping would happen?
4: Um, you know, what I was thinking is this. I wanted to, to, to establish a brand. I wanted people to know who I was and to consume the content and to benefit a lot from the content, to share the content and I wanted as much content as possible to be free um, and that has really turned out well because I get people, I get emails from people in third world countries um, talking about the fact that they can't afford an education but they feel like they're getting an education because of what I'm doing online um, and I, I never wanted that to change. Um, But then what my plan was in terms of really turning it into a business is to start selling supplementary products. Um, So, for example, right now I have my videos online and they're available 100% free. But I also wrote a study guide that you can purchase from the website for $34.95. And, of course, a certain percentage of the people that are coming to the site are going to purchase the study guide. Um, then I'm also going to have some other options so they can purchase, for example, an audio version of the study guide. I haven't developed that as yet, but that's something else that I'm going to develop. And I'm going to be coming out with different products that people can purchase, different study guides, different resources. And that's, that's one of the main models that I'm using in terms of making money with the website. I, I just actually started testing out AdSense. I was, I was against it for a while. And then I decided to give it a try. Um, and the feedback that I've gotten has been really positive. I mean, people are telling me things like, hey, we want you to continue making this content and we would love for this content for, to be free. And if ads are the way that can help you to, to, to make some money off of it, go ahead and do it. Yeah. And I actually, I actually put that out to my audience even before putting on the advertising. I said, what would you guys think if I were to do that? And the response was overwhelmingly positive. So I d- decided to give it a try and it's been working. And that's basically what I want to do. I want to have the content, the, 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 the majority of the content available for free and then have options by which they can support what I'm doing by purchasing products, by purchasing services and so on. So this
0: content has been online. Most of this content started a year ago. Correct. Correct and how have things gone financially with the content? We'll talk about how it led to your, your employment uh, in your dream job, but, but financially speaking, how,
4: how well did things go for this first year? Um, well, you, in the first year, honestly, I didn't focus on monetization alone, I mean at all, um, because I wanted to get the content out there and I wanted to get as many people to find it as possible. Recently, I started monetizing. So um, a few months ago is when I released the study guide, and just this month is when I started um, doing the advertisements, and it has been going relatively well. I mean, now it's a site that honestly and unfortunately, I don't spend as much time producing videos. In the beginning, when I started, I was making three to five videos a week. Now I'm making a video every few weeks. Right, so right, it's right. kind of something that's running on autopilot right now, um, and it's still making a decent, well, I consider it a decent amount of money for something that I'm not working on significantly. I mean, for the study guide, I'm somewhere between um, 500 and 1500 a month. For AdSense, I just started this month and it's doing about $30 a day. That is amazing. So it's going relatively well, especially for something that I'm not spending a lot of time and energy on today.
0: You know, this method of getting started where, you know, people ask, how can I create a podcast or an online brand, you know, how and, and, and make money from it? And, and I certainly, you and I both know many people who have been able to do that. Definitely. However, almost everybody that I rub shoulders with who do online businesses, they start out by creating free available to everybody content. You know, this is, I'm just giving this to you. I, it, I love this. I'm passionate about this. I'm creating this content. Some people think, you know, ultimately, yeah, I do plan eventually to find a way to monetize this. Some uh-huh. people start out with saying, you know what is if I never make a penny, I just get a total kick out of the fact that people are consuming this
4: content. This is e- amazing. Exactly. And you know, if I weren't making any money from this, I would still be doing it. Yeah. And and that I believe is where I
0: I, I don't know you can't it, it is I think it's a part of formula it, it's a part of the formula for success in at least trying to duplicate some of what I've done, trying to mm-hmm. duplicate much of what you've done, trying to our good friend Pat flan and so many other people who have been successful in this. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not something that I know how to tell you how to do because if, you're, if your main and primary purpose for creating content is just to make money, I don't know how you can fulfill that part of the equation. And also the good news, I believe, is that you can make yeah. money and, and build if, if monetization is your main goal and your main purpose, I think it's possible to actually create a business online and do that. Yeah, definitely but, but uh but certainly I believe that success is almost easier to achieve when money isn't the isn't the first and foremost thing in your mind definitely I think your community engagement they can sense that they they know whether or not this is for the money or for the for the passion and yeah. and I think that those people who says you know what those ads Leslie send them. Because we care about
4: you because we know you care about the content, exactly, and you know I, on my podcast, I interview um, so many different people from um, that are doing different things online, and the interesting thing about it is, like you said, you can make money if your goal is to make money I mean if that's your primary goal, because I've spoken to a number of people that have different perspectives where that's concerned, and uh, a number of them are very successful with what they're doing. But for me personally, I can't do it if my main motivation is money. Yeah. I, it, it needs to be something that I am passionate about because it's something that I, I'm, I'm investing a lot of energy in this while having a full-time job, a full-time job that I don't intend on leaving. Um, so if I'm going to invest that time, it needs to be the kind of thing that when I'm doing it, I'm having fun.
0: How did creating these YouTube videos land you your dream job?
4: (laughs) You know, it's interesting uh, because there's so many different aspects of that story. Um, But I was, you know, I'll I'll give you a short version of what I wasn't going to say. Earlier last year, in April of last year, my dad was diagnosed with a serious illness um, and he was sent to the country of Colombia. I went down there to be with him for a month just to help him out with physical therapy. And while I was down there, my, my mom was there, my sister was there, my aunt was there. And since I was the strongest, I was the one that's ec- that was exercising my dad. Um, and resp- they, they were constantly telling me, man, you should, go, you should go into physical therapy. And I told them, you know what? I wanna teach physical therapy, it's interesting. And if I were going into healthcare, physical therapy would be exactly what I would see myself doing but I know that I want to teach. When I came home, there was a letter in the mail from a physical therapy department at the school that I went to when I went to university asking me to apply for the position. And I just kind of saw that as, you know, God working in special ways in my life. And there was so much going on there. But I came and I I felt like something strange was happening. I decided, you know what, I'm going to apply. I applied and now, I know that when they received my application, they weren't even going to consider me because I don't have a PhD. I'm not a physical therapist. What in the world am I doing? Uh, I'm teaching in a physical therapy department. But what I did, I came down and I, I scheduled a meeting with the chair of the department. And I went in to talk to him. And he was kind of like, okay, so, you know, why are you here? What, what, what's going on? And I. Talked to him about what I wanted to do, and then I said I want to show you something, and I brought him to the website, Mm. and he started looking at the website, and you could see his demeanor just changed completely. In the beginning, it was like, "What is this guy even doing here? Why does he want to meet with me? We really don't want to hire him; he is not qualified." Um, But over the next ten minutes, it was like, "Whoa, you're doing this!" And he was looking through the videos, he was looking through the stuff that I was setting up, and at the end of that conversation, he said, you know what? I'm going to make sure you're going you're to get an interview. Before you came in, you were not even going to get an interview, but now I'm going to make sure you get that interview. I got the interview. I went in there. I talked to them about what I was passionate about. I talked to them about what I felt God was doing in my life, and then I showed them the website and what I was doing, and by the next day, I mean, they had over 30 applicants with PhDs and um, doctor of physical therapy degrees and so on but it was a unanimous decision they loved what i was doing and they wanted me to take the job that is awesome that it, is awesome it, it was amazing what is the website address for your biology site that is interactive-biology.com or if you just search for interactive biology or if you search for my name leslie samuel it'll come up
0: excellent uh, we've got about five or six minutes left. I want to make sure that we talk about something that's near and dear to my heart and my greatest passion, and that is an audio podcast. So, Leslie, Definitely. why on earth, if you're having so much success with online videos and YouTube and this thing has landed your dream job, why on earth
4: create an audio podcast? I can't see myself not doing it. <laughs> it, it is the kind of thing where, you know, there's something about... Okay, when I was living where I was living before, I was living in the middle of nowhere. Not a lot of people around that I can get get together with and so on. And what got me through what I was doing, what I learned from was listening to podcasts, listening to your podcast, listening to Pat Flynn, listening to um, a number of other guys out there. And there was something to me intimate about having these earphones in my ear And just listening to the words that you guys are saying, listening to the words that all of these different guys were saying, and it really impacted my life. And I wanted to do the same for others because I was learning so much with what I was doing in my interactive biology site. I was learning so much with what I was doing with blogging and internet marketing over the last few years that I wanted to share it. And I wanted to share it in a way that was wholesome that people don't have to you know, be concerned about what they're going to hear, if I'm going to be cursing in their ears or anything of that sort, because that was something that affected me personally. So I wanted to teach and share what I was learning. So I started my podcast. It's at learningwithleslie.com. And the, you know, there's just something that's intimate about my podcast. When I record it, And I I feel as if I'm speaking to someone directly, like this person is in front of me and I'm talking to them, I'm giving them advice. I'm saying, hey, this is what I did and this is how you can do the same. They can call in and ask questions um, that they're struggling with or whatever the case might be to, to, to grow their online brand and their online business. And I can answer those questions on an individual basis on my podcast. And it has been great. The feedback that I've been getting has been significant and great. I feel as if I am touching lives and doing it. So I can't see myself not doing it. Wow.
0: That, my friend, is awesome. And that is exactly why I love podcasting for all of those same exact reasons. And Leslie, I can tell you right now, you deserve every bit of success that you've achieved over the years. My friend, I thank you so much for coming on to Podcast Answer Man. If people want to find you online, of course, they can check out learningwithleslie.com. Again, they can check out interactive-biology.com. They can do Google search for Leslie Samuel.
4: But uh, what about Twitter? Do you want to give out your Twitter handle here? Leslie Samuel on Twitter. Learning with Leslie on Facebook. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: Leslie, thank you so much. I can't tell you how much of an honor it is to know you personally, uh, online and face-to-face. And I look forward to when we'll see each other again, maybe even in blog world NYC.
4: I am planning on it now. Now that I know that you guys are going to be there, I am definitely planning on it. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: That is awesome. We'll see you there, Leslie. And uh, everybody go check it out. Thanks a lot, Leslie. Have a great day. You too. Well, there you go, my friends. I told you you were going to enjoy that interview with Leslie Samuel. Wow. So much inspiration packed into 28 minutes I hope that you got as much out of that as I did. Um, so many things that are possible when you have enthusiasm, passion, and 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 my favorite thing about this, I think if there's anything I pulled out of this, why do you podcast? I love the answer because I couldn't imagine life without doing it. That that is it. That is the key. that is such a key to amazing success and. yeah I'm inspired anyway Leslie thank you again for that wonderful interview and look forward to seeing you at blog world NYC of course I look forward to seeing so many of you there and I obviously will be coming to you guys with more interesting news and updates regarding the podcasting track again you can sign up for blog world June 5th 6th and 7th make plans to attend it's going to be awesome My friends, I also want to uh, point out a few other things. Real quick, last week we had a question, or actually two episodes ago, in episode 249, Deborah had mentioned that the RSS to email service provided by FeedBurner was no longer available, and she wanted to know if there was a substitute. We talked about some different options available. But uh, thanks to my good friend Byron who emailed me, and a couple people who had left some comments on the show notes for episode 249, turns out that the RSS to email option is still available with Feedburner. It's just moved from the optimized tab over to the publicized tab. So go check that out, Deborah. If you're still listening, I encourage you to go see that. You'll find that you still have that wonderful service from Feedburner available to you. Hey, real quick. Also, I want to say thank you to those of you who have been using my Bluehost affiliate links. Uh, I want to say thank you to Michael, Michael patrone from DecreaseMyRealEstateTaxes.com. Again, that's DecreaseMyRealEstateTaxes.com for using my Bluehost affiliate link and also CreateSpring.com. I wonder what's going to happen there. But anyway, both of them used my hosting account affiliate link. And as you know, I do get a very generous uh, commission each time somebody does that. So again, thank you. If you guys want to learn about great hosting for your podcast, read my entire article over at com slash hosting. My friends, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Podcast Answer Man. If you want links to anything that we've covered here, anything we've talked about, in this episode, go to podcastanswerman.com forward slash two five one. And certainly please do me a favor and leave me a comment on anything we've talked about here in the episode as well. I love to hear with hear from each of you and to interact with you guys in the commenting system on the site. Again, that's podcastanswerman.com forward slash two five one. Until next time, my friends, take your show, your brand, and your life to the next level.